Genre. Welcome everyone to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 live-action Turtles movie one cricket playing minute at a time. It's Friday, everybody. Welcome to the end of the week. Yay! Yay! Woo! Sounds of excitement. Um, I'm Scott <laughs> Tofty, and with me again are our fantastic co-hosts, Chris, Rachel, and Adam. Hi, everybody. Bodacious. And for the last time, our... <laughs> Our, our fearless leader, our producer, Mr. Scott Corelli, is with us. Yay. Hello. I, I, this has been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm sad to, to go, uh, but hopefully uh, you'll have me back if you do another one of these. You know what? You ha- we'll, we'll keep a chair open for you. Anytime you want to you wanna jump in, just let us know, and okay. uh, we'll get you in here. Um, so we are on minute 15 here on week number three uh, on, our, on our Friday show. And this minute starts with... Uh, Casey Jones telling us that he just scored six runs, and it ends with Splinter very precariously lighting a candle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a little bit of research trying to figure out what it takes to score six runs in a game of cricket, and it turns out that uh, uh, if the batsman hits the ball uh, in a way that the fielders fail to stop it from reaching the end of the field, you normally get four runs. I guess that's kind of like a home run equivalent. Mm. But if the ball flies directly over the boundary without touching the ground, the batsman gets six runs instead of four. So I'm assuming that oh. this 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 arcing shot that Casey Jones sends Raphael on is yeah. the equivalent of the, a, 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 a home run. I guess the, this is more the of a The ball being his round head. I'm just hung yes. up on batsmen. Mm. Oh, yes. Can we talk about, there's there's a rule in here on the wiki page that says, okay, so this is a called a bye, right? B-Y-E, bye. If the batsman fails to hit the ball, the batsman may scamper off for a run <laughs> the ball is at a considerate distance this from the opposing This is the most British player. thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I know. Scamper? In cricket can... practice, do they have scamper drills? Do like... they, they break for tea in the middle of each inning? Mm. Instead of orange slices, inning? it's tea and crumpets. <laughs> the coach is really digging into this guy. He's like, your scampering is just the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, Yeah, cricket. Your scampering could rather be better, couldn't it, George? <laughs> Since we Hello. learned what crumpets are, I figured it was only appropriate that we start learning some cricket terms. <laughs> uh, scampering along, we get uh, Casey Jones, a little bit of a schoolyard bully, calls Raphael a freak, and Raphael doesn't like it very much. Oh, <laughs> I just that love that he's like, that. I gotta go freak, and he just runs away. <laughs> <laughs> See a nerd. <laughs> but talking about, uh, but talking about that musical quality of the dialogue, one of the the moments in this movie that, like, this is one of those movies where dialogue will get stuck in my head the way a song will. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And one of the lines in this that gets stuck in my head all the time is "freak, <laughs> freak." <laughs> for, for me, it's always been, and we'll get to it later. So I'm not going to spend too much time about it. But uh, the I don't think this is such a good time, uh, structurally speaking, for your buddies to drop. Like that always gets stuck in my head. Yeah. We talked about the uh, pizza dudes got. 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. That to me is probably that that might be my favorite. Um, oh, yeah. Nice night. 
Yeah. Nice night. It is funny, man. It's like you're learning the words to a song when you watch this movie. And and that's how it's so quotable and so That's why kids remembered it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about that a couple couple minutes ago about some of our favorite movies that that have that same kind of quality. I I brought up Wayne's World, and I don't remember what you guys brought up, but we definitely Go- we, we sourced a lot a of big one. Ghostbusters. That's right, mm-hmm. where the dialogue is just it's so melodic that it's like you it's an earworm. You can't get it out of your head the same way that you can't get a Rick Astley song out of your head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the second time we brought up you Rick Astley on this show. <laughs> the first Star Wars movies like that too. I think. I was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Uh, right. And um, yeah. a, a friend of mine once made a techno song using nothing but sounds from Star Wars. <laughs> and we figured out that um, C-3PO talks in 16th notes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. like, nice. like almost perfectly talks in 16th notes. Like, <laughs> let the Wookiee win. <laughs> oh, wow. I need to start listening to more Star Wars minute. I wonder yes. if they ever bring up anything like that. That's super interesting. <laughs> For me, as a musician, like, I yeah. want to go back and watch yeah. that movie again and, like, meter out. Right, Did, anyway. Didn't he all, side note, didn't he also uh, compose a song of uh, the, the Star Wars theme with Tim Allen yes. sounds? Uh, <laughs> we can put that in the in the episode notes if you're really interesting, but it it's amazing. Yeah, it's, You it's most cool. certainly will. Yeah. Although, uh, um, that hinges on if YTMND is still around. But, oh. Uh, the, I, uh, yeah. Don't um, know. I, I, I will check. It's the the whole freak thing to me is such a Marty McFly experience. It's like Biff calling him chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, a little yeah. bit, <laughs> except with a little more pathos. You know, I mean, he, pathos, whatever. Uh, he 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 definitely feels it. And like Raph is the one who's like the most. Um, he's like the sullen, sulky teenager, and he's the one who's like most. The world doesn't understand me, and he's probably the bitterest about being, you know, a young Not male human. turtle man. Who will mm-hmm. never know love? Well, and I think it's also uh, a situation of insult to injury because, like, he's trying to dig himself out of a garbage can, and this guy's yeah. calling him a freak. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's a ninja, mind yeah. you. And he also just—he came off of this huge victory, right? Like, they just beat up. They had their first fight ever. They—they they beat up a whole bunch of thugs. They're all feeling great. Yeah. I mean, sure, Raph is pissed because he lost to Sai, but. You know, they're coming up with this this big high, and then all of a sudden he's like he's getting beat up by some dude who's on his first night out trying to fight crime. Yeah, that's not cool. No. Um, and then we get the payoff of all payoffs in this movie. We get the third dam. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm trying to remember, the first dam was while well, he's still in the sewer, right? Damn. Goes, yeah. Damn. It's a Damn. whisper. Yeah. The Damn. second one is he's about to enter the lair and he speaks it in just a full voice. Damn. Damn. And it's, you know, the crescendo is at its head here. We're at the loudest one where they, they Adam pointed this out right before we started recording. They pull back <laughs> and you get this wide shot of New York. And it, the only purpose that it serves is so that you understand just how loud he's screaming the word damn. Yeah, uh-huh. that you can hear it from a helicopter yeah. above New York City. And and this is the perfect illustration of the comedy rule of three in my book. Because you mm-hmm. don't get the damn again for the rest of the movie. It's over. Here we are in minute number 15. And it's one of the better jokes, one of the better gags, I should say, in the film. And it's it's done. Three times. Yeah. Done. <laughs> perfect. Having a perfect it's like, amount of times. Well, it's like in, the, in a PG-13 movie, you usually get one F-bomb. It's mm-hmm. Usually perfect. <laughs> yeah. You got to really <laughs> stick that in the right place. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're uh, probably like, so what's what's the level of profanity we can have in this movie? And they're like, you can say damn, but you can only say it three times. It's like, what if the third time we like really go for it? <laughs> what if we what if we said damn what we zoomed out to space and we saw planet Earth <laughs> and the whole Shaking planet shuddered the as he said damn. And they're like and then a like, comet well, goes by in the foreground. They're like, well, that'll earn you a PG-13, but if you just do the city. <laughs> like, it, it if cuts he, if to he's tap. only damning the burrows. You can't show Jersey is what it boils down to. Yeah. It, it cuts to Tatooine and Obi-Wan's like, did Jersey. you guys hear something? I felt like a, a great turtle. disturbance in the fold. It's like a turtle cried out in pain. <laughs> and then we're suddenly silenced. Um, so Casey Jones bolts. Uh, Raphael pursues. And at some point, finds time to put his hat back on, I want to point out. Oh. Um, well, he's got to be properly dressed. Yeah, right. he's got he's to protect his round head. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at second 17 of this minute, and R- Casey Jones has already crossed the street. The crosswalk sign clearly says walk. There is a car sitting, not moving, mm-hmm. on, on where the stop where a car would normally stop at the intersection, Raphael runs across the intersection and the car juts forward. Now, I don't know if you know this, but when the light says walk, that means that car has to have a red light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys, this cab driver just tried to murder Raphael. It's New York, man. Yeah. It is, yeah. It is an interesting (laughs) moment. He clearly runs a red light to hit this guy running across the street. Which is a little inconsistent with the fact that in, you know, the very next moment, we see that this cab driver is, like, the sharpest observer ever. Uh-huh. And also not vexed or phased by <laughs> Oh, anything. he is, no. yeah. He has seen it all. He has almost run over it all. Yeah, he's probably had a lot of it in the back of his cab, too. <laughs> this cab driver should be, like, a, uh, a homicide detective. <laughs> It also makes me ask the question, at what point did they start putting the glass partitions into taxi cabs? Because you cannot find a taxi cab in New York City anymore, a yellow cab anyway. In the 90s. Where you can lean forward and talk to a cabbie. Hmm. Just a curiosity. But um, anyway, aside from that, uh, the passenger in the back of the taxi cab is our second turtle actor cameo. Uh, this is the actor who not only does the body work, in the suit for Raphael, but he's also the only person to voice and do the body work. This is Josh Pace, Pius, another last name that I don't know how to pronounce. Hmm. Um, but he is he is Raphael. And I find it funny that all of the cameos so far are of the turtle actors interacting with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty funny. Yeah, he's shown up in a lot of stuff. Like, he was on... Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Sex in the City, mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff. I, and I, 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 oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I was, was going to say. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, Scott, go. go. I was just going to say, uh, I know him most from uh, Scream Three. Uh, he's one oh. of the he's one of the homicide detectives. He's partners with um, McDreamy or whatever uh, Patrick Dempsey. Uh, oh, okay. Who, who is weirdly in that movie? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, they're like two detectives that are uh, looking into the murders in Scream 3 on the movie set. And he's the really snarky guy who's making fun of all of the stupid actors. Um, there's, there's, a, there's one part, I remember specifically, there's a part in that movie where they are 
arresting the director of the film on suspicion of being the murderer. And he's like, this is the part of the move. This is the part of the movie where you come into the station and answer questions. And it's like this really like <laughs> condescending thing where he's arresting the director and making fun of him for being like a Hollywood snob. Um, so yeah, every time. So I, every time I see this, that's what I think of is that super mm. condescending guy. And I just, in my head canon, it's the same person, but. He's also been in a, a, a TV movie called Porn and Chicken. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, Comedy Central. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds <laughs> I, I, super interesting. I remember, I, re, I don't remember that movie much at all, but I do remember like one bit where they have like a, a porn star come in to do like a sort of talk with all the kids and, and her, her one bit of advice was, remember, don't use lube, use spit. And that was it. That's all I remember from Porn oh, and Chicken. Oh, gross. Gross. You're welcome. But then, okay. he was, but then he was on The Sopranos, so I guess his life turned around. Yeah. He's been Comedy on Ray Central. Donovan for like three seasons now. So He was on He's Law, doing Law all right Order. Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked about it before, but it seems like everyone that has a part in this movie has just continued working steadily. Like, no one's really gotten huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everyone's been, like, working steadily. And it's still working. We talked about uh, yeah, when the credits Danny, were rolling. Right? Except Danny. Corey. Danny doesn't. <laughs> oh, well, Corey's Corey. been doing something. Corey's had plenty. Um, <laughs> he, he had, what was that show on VH1? The Surreal Life? Well, he's got he he's got an album out now. Oh, yeah. Remember, I was like, I'm going to download his album. I'm going to like really give it a listen. I got like four measures in. And I was like, I can't do this. I just so, can't. Nope. Side note about Corey Feldman. A number of years ago, the first time he tried to be a music star, he was on... Preston's Steve morning show. That's our local morning show. Local morning show. And gotcha. they thought it would be really funny to to tell Corey that the album was awesome. It was like a mean joke that they played oh. on Corey. They were like, this is so great. It like sounds like the Beatles and Corey. This is so good. And he was like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, so then when they, and when they hung up on him, they, they laughed and laughed because they were playing a mean trick on Corey. Oh, Behind he, every bad project. That makes is, me feel bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, doesn't, he probably, I mean, he probably doesn't deserve that. No. Behind every bad Can't project, certain, there's someone but. who said it was a good idea who probably should have been like, dude, you find something else a lot else of people, do. because it probably made somebody some money, if not just him, yeah. somebody else. Um, but yeah, like, the guy that plays Charles is still working, Judith Hogue is still working steadily. Um, pretty much everyone except the guy that plays Danny has, has mm-hmm. sort of stayed in the industry and continued to work. The guy that plays the police chief... Um, so it's, it's weird that Josh Pace didn't come back for any of the sequels to play Raphael. Yeah, mm. noticeably, this is a different guy. Like, I think Leonardo might be the same, mm-hmm. and Ra- and Michelangelo was, I think, always the same through all three films. Mm-hmm. Um, Donatello obviously changed for the second one, but Corey Feldman came back for the third one. But yeah, Raphael, totally different actor. Yeah, that's a um, bummer. Well, and and I also, I mean, it probably has more to do with the fact that he was claustrophobic, mm. um, because because uh, not only was he claustrophobic, but like when he would have freakouts inside the costume, they couldn't take it off of him fast. 
because without tearing up the costume. So he was just flipping out for like 10 minutes as they like removed the head from his thing. Yeah. That's like a living nightmare. Yeah. So that's probably why he didn't come back. Makes Um, sense. You're a claustrophobic. Yeah. I never even Makes. looked at another guy before. Right, so that's another that's another episode. I, I am sad though that they didn't just replace him in the costume and then have him come back and do the voice. Do the voice, right. yeah. yeah. No, well, maybe weird. he got freaked out in the in the voice actor booth too. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm not seeing a lot of voice work after this. <laughs> yeah. You might be just something. We don't know how claustrophobic he is. Wow. Yeah. He might live outside for all we know. <laughs> I only shoot on location outdoor movies. <laughs> but yeah, I can't imagine being stuck in that suit and like having like some kind of anxiety attack and yeah. just like right, like the guy who played C three PO was in that costume just like all the time. Yeah. Like there's a famous shot of him like smoking, someone like holding a cigarette through the little mouth hole mm. so he could smoke. Like that's mm-hmm. terrifying to me. Well, and they'd lean him on the backboard so he didn't have to put all his weight. Because mm-hmm. like, he, he couldn't Ugh. sit down, they'd have yeah. to like, lean him up against a a, a slab. Right. Yeah. Thank you. That's what uh, actresses used to use when they were tied into like corsets and uh, costumes yeah. and stuff. They would lean back on one of those things because they couldn't sit. Um, Gross. So Josh Pace is in the cab, taking a cab all the way up to LaGuardia from uh, you know Central Park, the lower side of Central Park West. That's not a cheap cab ride. That's Mm-mm. all the way into Queens. <laughs> like I, I'm guessing even in those days that's an expensive cab ride yeah um, so 20 bucks we get we get the dam we get the pan out or the pull out shot of New York and then Raphael makes his way back to the lair mm-hmm. um, where Splinter pulls another classic dad move and he's just been like I'm up all night where have you been Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your curfew is eleven o'clock. He's got that match ready to go. Oh, it's so good. It's the most teenagery <laughs> thing to happen in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, the music cues in here, and we get that sort of splinter, like ambient wood flute marimba do, do, kind do, of do, thing do, going do, on. Do, do, do. Yep. Um, and the only thing that sort of bugs me here is. Splinter's about to give him this big speech, but like Splinter doesn't know that he just got into a fight, does he? Well, he's nope. just he just knows that he's late coming home and mm-hmm. that he lost his sigh earlier and that he lost his temper and stormed out. And he probably knows maybe. that Raph is a hothead, so he's assuming that something went down. Maybe. Oh, I know you, boy. I know you went out and caused some trouble. Also, everyone in New <laughs> York City heard critters. him yell Dan. Right. Like, That's right. true. He's probably like, like, look, I've talked to you about your language before. Mm-hmm. Ninjas are supposed to be quiet. What part of stealth are you not getting? Don't make me get a curse jar. Aww, turtle swear jar. Um, and then just props to Kevin Clash and his puppeteering team for getting Splinter to light a candle. That seemed like it was... Not easy to do. Tricky. Yeah, that's like a day of shooting right there. It's like, yeah. how, how flammable is this puppet? Wow. I'm guessing completely flammable? Yeah. The, yeah. The yeah from puppet? what I understand, this was the hardest scene to shoot in the whole movie. Really? Yeah, to make it look right and not look like a puppet and look like a living creature Did and you? also fire. <laughs> and also, far did you catch? Uh, did you listen to commentary on this? You mentioned the director commentary at one point. I've never checked that out. I've never. Yeah, I've listened to commentary and I've watched. Um, they talk a lot about this scene in the uh, 
the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle documentary um, okay. that came out uh, last Turtle year. Turtle Power, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they talk a lot about this scene and how hard it was and how it, wa- it was infuriating because it was incredibly hard and to audiences was basically a throwaway, meaningless scene. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I've mentioned this before. I've worked with puppets before. It, it, the things that you wouldn't s- expect to be really difficult to get are the hardest things like, like Mm -hmm. the, the just little things like just like getting a button or answering a telephone is one of those ones. that's like 16 different shots to, to get a puppet character to just answer a phone. So you're telling me that crank anchors was technically difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, uh, some of the puppeteers I've worked with also worked on crank anchors. Funny. Wow. Little Hmm. tidbit. Also uh, that puppet shop that I, that I worked with for a little while, they actually made, um, a lot of the props for the SNL sketches with uh, Sean Spicer, uh, with uh, what's her name? Uh, Melissa, McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. They made the, they made her podium. <laughs> yeah, they're they're good dudes. As shout out to Monkey Boys Productions. Yay! There you go. <laughs> um, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This movie has no business being as good as it is. <laughs> the fact that they spent the time to get a shot like that, and it is such a throwaway yeah. little shot, but it like every single. I, I'm biased because I love this movie and I love the turtles, but to me, every single frame of this movie is necessary and moves the story forward and adds something like this. Just the shot of him lighting the candle adds to the atmosphere of this scene between father and son, which you have you don't see in. I mean, you kind of see it in the other in the original comic books, but you don't see it in really any other version of the turtles at this level with this kind of intimacy and this kind of care given to the the nature of their relationship it's beautiful and it shouldn't be because it's a stupid movie about ninja turtles yeah, <laughs> yeah. um it's just great I, i'm gonna go cry now because it's so beautiful <laughs> it's a it's a miracle this movie i it's it's crazy that it exists in the way that it does it's yeah. uh, it's pretty unbelievable well and 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 then when you look at like the insane drop in quality from one to two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, it's just, a, it's, it's a ridiculously steep drop. Are you telling me Ernie Reyes Jr. isn't amazing? Oh, he's in this movie. Yeah. It, uh, which one is he? He's, the, he's Donatello's the, fight devil. Right, right, right. Hmm. Um, but the, as, as the cartoon becomes more culturally popular and they shift their intentions more towards the younger audience and, and to be more like the cartoon, that's where the drop in quality happens. Um, Though I will say, I will stand by if you guys do uh, secret of the use, give me anything with David Warner because that guy is amazing. (laughs) He's amazing in that movie. He he makes that movie legit. He really does. Yeah. Without him, Um, that whole movie wouldn't even hold together at all. (laughs) I do. I do really like secret of the use. I'm going to throw that out there. Like I think you do. You think you do. No, no, I do. I really do. Um, like the, it, I, I get what you're saying. Like, there's a completely different shift in like the lighting and mm-hmm. everything else. Like, it, it kind of became more of of like a mass produced Henson kind of thing. It has there's a lot way of gloss more, on it. Yeah, way more of a Henson feel than this one because there's a lot less of that kind of grit. But I don't know. There's something about it I've always really liked because it, it 
We I really have, get into the origin of the turtles in that one. Mm. I have not watched the second one since I was a small child, and I am willing to bet that it does not hold up. <laughs> also, uh, they have that they have that cool like subway station layer and plus, stuff. Yeah, it's, plus, it's cool and all, but plus, <laughs> well, the whole. Go ahead, go Rachel. Ni- go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like it, without getting too much into it because I don't want to, you know, take away potential fodder for future podcasts. But it seemed like the entire premise of the second one was let's just make it cooler. Let's make yeah. everything cool. Speaking as somebody who dropped money into a GI Joe box set and sat down to watch it all, <laughs> nostalgia can have a, a serious effect on your um, understanding of well, quality. Well, let me let I, me ask you guys this: one detail about Secret of the Ooze that everyone always forgets. Do you remember the fact that never, not once in the entire movie, do they use their weapons? Never. Oh, that was weird. Because mm-hmm. they're not allowed to they because allowed parents to. complained about this one. Oh. So that's why in the beginning of the movie, in the mall scene, uh, Michelangelo uses uh, like sausages as yeah, nunchucks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And a yo-yo. But, but it has more of that like uh, a ninja can really use his surroundings as a weapon. That's sort true. Of that is generous I, of you, I, sir. I, I, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying, man. I I'm read trying. an article about our generation and millennials in general, how we have such nostalgia for terrible things. Like, uh, like Space Jam? Loved, like Space oh, Jam. Don't you dare. They're re-releasing the Space Jam soundtrack on vinyl, on vinyl. For, for, for record yeah. store day this okay. year. Well, to be like, fair, Rachel, that soundtrack <laughs> is a gift. <laughs> that soundtrack is amazing. Basketball every, Jones. Well, yeah. Every sixth grade dance ever. It, like. it, it yeah. just, just in general. Like we had great love for these things as kids and we're like, oh, that movie was so great. And then we watch it with our adult eyes and realize, oh, it's actually but really we're bad. Also, we're to also fair, sort of one of those generations where the media that we grew up with, we still had constant access to. True. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. I, I think, to be fair, previous generations would have found the same sort of situation if they had been able to Netflix whatever it is they watched as kids. Yeah. Like, my, my parents, like, you know, they have their fond memories of, like, Rocky and Bullwinkle and mm-hmm. whatever the peanut gallery was. I don't know. But the shows that were on <laughs> when they were kids, but they didn't watch them again because in order to watch them again, they'd have to, like, find the TV guide that says when is the rerun from this 30-year-old kid's oh. show going to be on and who's going to bother. Whereas and- now... Now, it's super easy. I mean, e- yeah. even, also, in, even when we were kids, we had it on, on video cassette. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I it's refuse also to more, say VHS. It's cassette. We're, I think it's more socially acceptable for our generation, too, to not grow up. Like, we are sort yeah. of the, one of the first generations where it's like, you you can still like the stuff you like when this kid. We're not going to harp on you. We're not going to pick on you about it. It's not yeah. You're not going to be, like shunned because you still like things you liked when you were a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Ninja Turtles is a really, like, it might be, like, the maybe one of the strongest examples of that kind of nostalgia mm-hmm. still yeah. being okay. The fact that it's come back over and over and over again. And, and, and what's successfully, cool, several what, times. What's cool about that is our generation is having kids, uh, we all, a lot of us have kids now. Uh, one Yo. of the five of us does. Anyway, but ne- now this ge- our generation that grew up with the Turtles gets to sit down with the next generation and watch the turtles, you know, like mm-hmm. we get to have that connection. Yeah. I think that's thank cool. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, wow, I have we a got question. super deep. Is, we turned into a bunch of philosophers. Yeah. We really did. We really, really did. Uh, I have a question is, 
I mean, I haven't heard anything, so I don't know if you guys know any more than I do, but is the film franchise like officially dead now? Did that last I movie kill it? I haven't heard anything, but something tells me that I haven't heard any news. There, I, I have not heard as of this time. As we are recording this, it is the tail end of March 2017. Mm-hmm. I do not know. I know that the cartoon show on Nickelodeon is being retooled for their last season. Right. Um, but if I've learned nothing else, the turtles haven't gone away and they won't go away. They've been through a lot of different variations and permutations, and I have They'll a feeling that now mutations. that Viacom yeah. owns them outright, uh huh. They're going to try to get as much as they can out of this franchise. It's going to come back somehow. Some and the new comic books, by the way, are fantastic. They're really, really good. Yeah, it's probably I, I, the best between that and the Nickelodeon show, the best turtle media going. I have every issue and our of, show. of the the IDW ones. It's it's like one of my I've dropped a lot of a lot of comics over over the past couple of years and Turtles is Turtles and X-Men is are, are, really the ones that I always keep. Mm. Every time I do a big purge of like my weekly pull, Turtles and X-Men are always on the top of my list. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. So I can only hope that at some point someone who really loves the franchise gets hold of the film rights and can make another quality movie. To me, like the way that Batman animated series to me is the best version of Batman ever to exist. Mm-hmm. Period. That's how I feel about this movie with the Ninja Turtles. I feel like it's the perfect combination of all the source material with the right amount of silliness and the right amount of seriousness and the right amount of heart to make it worth watching, you know, 27 years later. Right. <laughs> they, they need to give it to a fan, you know, like yeah. someone they from need our to JJ Abrams it. <laughs> well, they need to give it to a fan and then they need to make, uh, what what's his face? Stay as far away from it as possible. Um, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah. And his yeah. explosion switch. Yeah, because I mean, he doesn't care about this franchise. Like, why are you letting him? He doesn't care about the Transformers. Michael Bay somehow cares. He's made so five nothing. of them. I'll say this for I'll say this for the newest movies. I went into the first one expecting the worst, and I ended up buying it. Mm. Like the the first Michael Bay movie, I it it was bad. Don't get me wrong. But I could separate it enough from all the other versions of Turtles and say, okay, okay, this is one interpretation of it that I can enjoy it. The second one, I need to see it again, but I did not enjoy it as much. And I will say I have to give credit where credit is due. I don't normally like Megan Fox. I thought she did a respectable job for the material she was given in hmm. that role. And I would, I would definitely say like huh. – She's one of the better parts of those movies, and I'm not saying that as someone who's looking at eye candy. I actually was impressed with the work she did, given the crap that she had to work with. Mm-hmm. Also, what's his name? Uh, Job from Arrested Development was pretty good. In the, oh, uh, yeah. Pa, what's oh, his yeah. name? Uh, Ver- Will Arnett. He, Will he was Arnett. the best of He was the best He's of good in everything. either of them, yeah. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can wrap up minute 15 here. All right. Uh, And we'll wrap up our time with you, Mr. Crowley. Thank you for joining us again here on Ninja Turtles Minute. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be back for David Warner Minute. Yes. (laughs) There we go. David. Oh, my God. There's a podcast. Just David Warner movies. (laughs) Um, For the guys here and the girls here at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, we bid you adieu. And we will see you next week when we're getting into minute number 16. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Gowabunga. Gowabunga.